welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Sean, you know, I don't know how to start this podcast. I don't know how to do it. Are we? We're rolling well, right now. Started. So we've started. This is Jacob Machado. Father Sean. With Catholic Stuff You Should Know. We got to figure out a way to, to get this off, you know, so we're not stealing from other podcasts or just. I did do like, that a bunch. Hey, hello, it's it's me. Dun dun dun. <laughs> I mean, Father Mike is the one who always hijacks it and makes some funny comment. So yeah. we just need to channel our inner Father Mike, but he is not here. But it then is, Father John is just like, "Hi, welcome to the podcast." Yeah, uh, we're gonna get right down to business, <laughs> and uh, it's fun because uh, the. Old Guard is away in Rome, so Father Sean and I are recording today, and uh, yeah, it's, it's fun to do these with you. Did Father Mike go to Rome as well? Yeah, Father Mike and Father John are in Rome. Um, I believe they both went. We'll find out if this is wrong, but uh, they are in Rome because another brother, Father, Father Eusterman. Daniel Eusterman. The newest doctor of the church. Not literally, but yeah, figuratively. A doctor of sacred theology. Yeah. Uh, from uh, liturgy in liturgy yes defended his thesis this morning well this morning as we record not this morning as you listen right but uh, but he passed he passed with flying colors so he's now uh he officially has an, a doctorate from the pontifical university of holy cross santa croce in rome uh and now he's probably out in assisi celebrating with the brothers yes uh pasta and prosecco that's right so uh congrats to him uh, I don't think he listens to this, and uh, but congrats. But maybe his brother does. Yeah. Um, so, Sean, it's been a week since we got off pilgrimage together. How's it been? It's been great. I uh, so after, right after our pilgrimage up in uh, upstate New York, which you know you all heard about last week. If you didn't go back and listen to that episode, we shared some of the graces from that uh, experience, that trip. Uh, very, very powerful. I preached about it today. Uh, at Mass, just some of the experiences, which was cool. But uh, October 19th is the feast day of the North American Martyrs, which is coming up very quickly. So, Yeah, I think it's like right around when this will really, this will be like a day or two after. Day after, yeah, next okay, Wednesday. So. so this will come out the, the next day. Um, but yeah, the, right after that trip, I went to Buffalo, New York and spent some time with some friends. Uh, you probably know them, the Saltarellis, Jesse Saltarelli. I know the name. I feel like I've met him. I... He's younger than you, but he was at Franciscan with Sarah Pettinger. They're married okay. now. Okay. So the two of them, I, I spent three nights with them, uh, which was super great, super fun. And they're two little kiddos, which was great. Um, and that was just a couple extra days, right? So, and then right. you're back into... Back into the swing of things, back at the parish. Uh, yeah, settling back in. It's always exciting to be away and, and to kind of get refreshed in that way. Uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily hard to come back to the parish, but it's always just a different pace of life. And, you know, yeah. for anyone out there, you understand the difference place between <laughs> between work life and vacation or leisure life. Yeah. No, being on the pilgrimage, I felt like I was back on the summer um, mm-hmm. for like a week because it was just away from class or prep for the uh, parish or anything. I was just kind of like I'm on um, a time away where time kind of it doesn't cease to to pass, but time is less like pressing. That's right. Um, and you can kind of maybe start to enter into some, uh, some rest and some, it's easier to contemplate on the moment. Um, and I think that was a a grace of walking, uh, Mm. with the guys was just, especially when we do our quiet hours. Um, we do an hour a day kind of as a reflective holy hour while we walked and 
you just kind of quiet down and you start to notice every little thing right. and every little thought and you can kind of process and roll through it. So, mm. um, how's your week been crazy? Uh, I came right back to midterms. I've had an incredible three wait, weeks. Wait, you had fall break and then you have midterms after fall yeah, break. Yeah, yeah. You can talk to the vice director <laughs> about that one. Father John Nepple. That's um, horrible. No, it ended up being totally fine. I think going into it, I was a little bit, um, I was a little bit internally frustrated by the whole fact of it. Right. Um, but Monday morning, we are praying morning prayer at the end of our holy hour. And the reading, I can't remember which book it's from, whatever, because I'm half awake, but there's a line in it, and it's, it's where it's talking about God uh, tests those and chastises those he loves to strengthen them mm. and uh, make them more open to his love and his work. And so it's like that was through providence, the last word from the corporate prayer of the church that I heard before entering midterms week. And it was like, yeah, totally. I get it. And honestly, perspective shift. Uh, the week's been great. Um, that's good. Ty- I mean, I'm tired right now. If I feel seem like I have a lot of energy, it's cause I'm like, I'm past the point of tired where your body just like that's right. overdoes it with adrenaline or something. TGIF. And so it's like, whoa, you've got so much energy. I'm going to crash hard. Like you should, I'm going to the Colorado Symphony tonight. Um, I got a $10 student ticket, which is incredible. No Did uh, you know all of Our Lady of Victory High School is going? Tonight? Yeah, you're going to see all awesome. those high schoolers. It's uh, Vivaldi's Four Seasons. Nice. It's going to be great. Classic. I'm going to crash like halfway through. I swear I'll be just like, and we're asleep. During but, fall. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the week the week was good uh, and kind of the model to, to awesome. realize that these exams, these tests are to really to stretch us and strengthen us, not to um, punish. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, absolutely. And, and it's for a future good of knowing the information for the parishioners one day that you'll be serving. Mm-hmm. So maybe you'll take my yeah. position here at Lord's. Maybe. I don't maybe. Know. Uh, so you ate lunch with the bishop today, you said? I did. Yes. Uh, that sounds me, makes me sound, sounds me. Uh, <laughs> English is hard. Makes me sound more important than I am. Uh, Archbishop celebrated Mass for us at the seminary and joined us for lunch. And so, uh, yeah, I just happened to sit at the table. So last time we have rules. We have rules at seminary, Sean. And you're supposed to sit at the first open seat. That's right. The first open seat was at Archbishop's table, and I sat down. How many guys passed it up? I'm not going to (laughs) say a thing. I'm going to say I had a great time chatting with Father Jim Thermos, Blaise Butchus, Owen Lamarta, and Archbishop. That is a stellar crew right there. All Denver guys. Uh, Last time I saw the Archbishop, he just looked at me and goes, I didn't know you and Jake like science so much. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I check in on you guys. I listen to the podcast. He's a podcast listener. He's making sure we're not falling into (laughs) heresy. Um, That's a big task. So So, hey, Archbishop, if you're listening to this one, had a great time at lunch. Um, It actually reminds me, side note story, uh, SY, first year, I'm sitting... um, down at lunch, same thing. And I just like, I'm at the table with Archbishop and I'm brand new to seminary. And I'm just like, oh no, don't say something stupid. Don't say something stupid. So I'm awkward the entire lunch. And it's just like, (laughs) okay, glad I survived that. And a week later, it happens again. Archbishop joined us for lunch. I'm sitting down with him and I just kind of comes to me. I'm like, you know what? Just, just talk. And so I say, you know what, Archbishop? I was really nervous last week. Because I didn't want to say something stupid in front of you. <laughs> and then I realized, you know what? I'm probably going to say something dumb anyway, so might as well just chat. And his response was, 
Yes, yes, you will. And I'll tell you when you do. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But, and yeah. now that's why that's precisely why he listens to Catholic stuff you should know. Because he'll tell me when I say something dumb. Us, not you, us, but us. us. Us, me, you and me, we. Um, so yeah, that's good. This week, three weeks, it's been incredible three weeks. I went up to Patrice Corde nice. a couple, couple Fridays ago. Awesome. Spent the night, uh, went for a walk, did some photos, hung out with uh, John and Ashley Ryan. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we recorded with them a few yeah, few months ago. Past summer. Um, so yeah, I went back to visit them, kind of had to just get out of the, the city into the mountains for a night. That was awesome. Came back, had normal week of school until Thursday when I flew to Dallas for a wedding. Mm. I was in Dallas for a wedding. Incredible, awesome time. Uh, really good friend, Tyler Lynch, got married. Uh, props, ch- uh, cheers. Prop- props and cheers. He definitely doesn't listen to this, so we're fine. Um, got back from that. So I, I was at the wedding uh, Thursday night, Friday, Saturday. Get back real early Sunday morning. Come to Apostolate here at Our Lady of Lords, 6 p.m., train yep. in two new altar servers. That was a lot of fun. Adorable. We need to get lighter candles for them. Cause we do, yeah. The They're one, young, the, the one young kid, he was just like at the gospel, just shaking, ready to drop the candle. Um, but that was great. Next morning, what do we do? Fly out to New York. Fly out to New York. <laughs> Walk in the pilgrimage. Uh, come back midterms week, and it's just like, now I'm going to the symphony tonight. So three weeks, full, very full. Life's good. Life is good. You um, better get some rest tomorrow. Yeah. Sleep in tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow is uh, reorganize my life, clean my room, finish the laundry from the pilgrimage nice. and uh get back into rhythm so i'm really just stretching this banter out the whole episode <laughs> is going to be banter because it's my turn to. most lead. people really don't like it's, the banter it's my turn to lead the topic actually most people do like the banter the only people <laughs> who give me feedback though are the people who don't, don't like, like the, the banter, banter. <laughs> so yeah this is just gonna be a banter episode <laughs> because i'm leading the topic and uh that's where my brain's at right now classic so, um midterms are hard man you yeah. got to get through them and you're you're you probably have Crammed is not probably the best word, but there might have been a little bit of cramming, but there's just all that information in your brain that you just put out on paper and now you're kind of, you know, processing and you're tired, like you said. So yeah, it's because you're, you've learned it once and then you revisit it and then you present it and all of a sudden you're just like, Oh, brain, you're tired. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, uh, I've had to just take breaks from studying. And so I'll just like go play the violin, play piano, or just listen to music because it's like, get my brain doing something different. Those are all noble things. Usually what I would do is I watch hockey highlights from the abs or watch football or just yeah, mindless yeah. videos on YouTube. Well, I <laughs> so. am six years into formation, and uh, this is the first time I've ever made it. Uh, such good choices. <laughs> Formation's working. <laughs> um, speaking of music, do you have your phone on you? I do. What's the last song that you listened to? On Spotify? Whichever. Do you want me to look? Yeah. Let's see. I hope this isn't awkward. It might be. Um, last thing I was listening to was Wave of You by Surfaces. I've never heard that one. You'd like it. Yeah. It's a good kind of chill. Like chill, Surfaces. My, uh, some kids in my youth group told me about Surfaces. It's not folky. It's um, like good... I don't know, pop music is not the right word. It's like good vibe music. Uh, vibe music. Yeah. Father like, John hates that word. Like chilling on the beach. Good vibe. <laughs> Surfaces. Um, I ask because the last song I heard driving in today was 100 Years by Five for Fighting. You remember that one? No. Oh, come on, man. Sing it. Only got 100 years to live. Uh, it's like, I'm 15 for a moment. <laughs> Cut in between 10 and 20. It's not ringing any bells. Oh, my goodness. 
Well, it was a high school song for me. Oh, um, well, you're like 10 years older yeah, than me. Something like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, transition into topic. Um, I thought this song fit. I'm not going to share you the embarrassing ones I was listening to, you know, to get my mind off Taylor of studying. Swift. Uh, more Avril Lavigne, honestly. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, 100 Years to Live, it's, it's the song about just kind of the life, uh, so how somebody's life um, from 15 to 100 and, and how life kind of passes us by, but we are kind of, in a lot of ways, the sum of our life. Mm. Um, we are uh, a story. Um, we're part of the grand story of God um, who creates and holds all in being, but we are a story and we have memory. And if we don't have memory, uh, we don't have hope for a future mm-hmm. if we're just an isolated moment, right? Yeah. And um, so I'm actually going to roll back. The topic for today is pilgrimage. Nice. <laughs> um, we talked about graces from the pilgrimage. We mostly talked about uh, Father Tim Danaher, uh, as is fitting, uh, since we had him uh, on the podcast. The but most interesting man in the world. I want to talk a little bit more about the idea of pilgrim, uh, a pilgrimage, um, the way of the pilgrim. Uh, and then kind of share just our own experiences of pilgrimage, this one as well Great. as others. And um, I think pilgrimage is, it's a way rather than um, an event. And it's, there's a destination in each minor pilgrimage we make, right? right. So we had a pilgrimage to the North American Martyr Shrine um, for a specific time to a specific end. But as we shared last week, so much of what a pilgrimage is, is the transformation along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but to look at our life as a pilgrimage uh, is the theme that um, we didn't really get to in, in super depth. And so this goes way back. I mean, the the Israelites they would make pilgrimage to Jerusalem mm. uh, for the major feasts. Every year. Every year. And they would sing the Psalms as they went. And so the story of uh, Jesus getting lost in being found in the temple, mm-hmm. they had journeyed on pilgrimage to Jerusalem for one of the feasts. Right, right. Um, so this is in the tradition. This is in you know the salvation history, but it's it's the way that we live because we're not people um, for this particular moment, mm. but we are on our way to our homeland, uh, pilgrimage home. And so that's why the song kind of struck me. It's like the the. Five for fighting, singing about these moments of life, you know, 15 and 20 and 30 or whatever it is. And um, I have the susceptibility to sometimes live in more of an episodic mindset, hmm. uh, episodic narrative where it's, um, you know, every everything is just an episode. And then that's kind of beginning, middle, end, conclusion. And then now I, I start a new episode. Um, but that's not really how the human person is. We are a narrative, uh, and we have a history, we have a present, and we have a future. And because we have the history, we can recollect on that um, with God to see what he was doing, and that allows us to hope into the future. Mm. Um, and so pilgrimage is, is a manifestation of this hope for the future. Mm. Um, so on that, that's the, <laughs> that's the lecture yeah, portion. The epitome. <laughs> um, but I think what was so cool about our pilgrimage uh, as a community, as an association of priests and three seminarians, which is awesome when we're celebrating Mass, and it's like the three seminarians are the minority. There's three people not in... There's only know. three people kneeling. <laughs> yeah, right. Of, of the 23. Um, but uh, as we're walking, right, 
everybody knows where we're going, and it transformed how we lived. And I think there's even a difference from once we were kind of settled and resting um, kind of the two days mm-hmm. uh, by Skinny Atlas Lake, we started to settle into being there, and we were no longer on the way. And I think you could just kind of see the ways that all of us started to not really live the same yeah. Even the same like fraternal love of supporting the brother on the way. And it wasn't like it was bad. It was a wonderful time right. recounting the 15 years of history of the companions and like sharing life together. But there's something about being on the way that makes you more ready to just help the brother at your side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just love that idea thinking about if we can just remember we're on the way in life and I'm not settling into or building a nest or something right here in the now for this episode. Um, I don't know. There's something there. Yeah, so yeah. I'm no, going to throw no, it off it. to you. I love it. That, yeah, that was great. That was a lot. Uh, maybe a couple things. One, I love how you use the word narrative. Like the, our life is a narrative, right? The, the, the way that we read scripture is always a narrative. And, and sometimes we get so focused on what does Genesis say um, that we lose touch or usually it's the opposite. You focus on the New Testament. What does is, what is Jesus say in the Gospel of Mark? Um, but you forget what that has to do with Genesis or Exodus mm-hmm. or whatever, and, and you tie it in nicely with the, the Feast of Pilgrimages to uh, the, the temple the temple area and whatnot to Jerusalem. Our life is a narrative, and we can't get beyond that. Like We're shaped by our experiences, which means our past forms us, and we can't, mm-hmm. even if we're ashamed of our past, there are certain things in our past that we regret maybe, we can't, we can't undo that, but we can uh, allow that to shape us for our future, right? So it's a narrative, a narration that we're going to. And in a sense, we get to shape the future of our, of that narration, uh, who we want to be. So with regards to pilgrimage, then that's a really good insight. I like that because it, re- it makes me think of mission mm-hmm. in order to have that same, in order to be on pilgrimage together, as you mentioned, we have to have our, the, the, um, destination in mind, the end goal in mind. So one of the analogies I always give, um, well, maybe I'll get to the analogy later, but one of the things I always say in uh, marriage prep to my couples on the very first meeting is, uh, what's the purpose of marriage? Right. And they always look at me, they're just like, Oh, we're in love. And the purpose of marriage (laughs) is just to be in love and communicate and it's going to be great. You know? Um, but then I really get to the heart of it. No, no, no. The purpose of marriage is to go to heaven. It's the purpose of life. Any vocation that we choose, it's because God is calling us to that so that we can go to heaven. And uh, that's your destination. If you have your goal of heaven in mind, then everything you do will help you on your way to the journey. So yeah, when brothers are walking to the shrine together, we had our mission involved. And when a guy got a blister, we still had 50 miles to walk. So you manifest, you have a blister and you go to the guy who has the most experience and say, Hey, what do I do? I have this blister, right? There's a humility there, but you're on mission together because you have the same destination in mind. Yeah. I like that you brought in uh, marriage to that. Um, where the idea of, of narrative versus episodic, uh, was first introduced to me was actually in our matrimony class. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the difference of, um, who'd you have that with father Jose Noriega, not okay. sorry, not Jose Granados, Father gotcha. Jose Granados. Um, Father Noriega is teaching us sexual ethics. Uh, so it's, and they're all Spaniards. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, um, <laughs> the idea that we come to know ourselves through narrative is there. Uh, and it's a narrative in, in a promise of the future. Um, because love can't be known in any particular moment. 
you can't know it to be love until it's like love by its nature is eternal and unfailing. So any particular moment could appear like love, but you don't actually know until eternity. And this is, this is why we talk, I mean, this is the heart of the indissolubility of marriage is love is eternal, right? Mm-hmm. Love is a, an active choice laying down the life for the other. Um, no greater love than, than this. So you can't know that in the particular moment. Um, the episodic mind thinks what is good and pleasurable in the very moment and then extrapolates that as this is the universal, but only for this episode, only mm. for this time, only for this moment. The narrative reminds you that this, is, this has been, is, and will continue to be. Mm. And so love can only be known in, its, in, in eternity in the end. And so um, this pilgrimage of love, I think, is, uh, ba- gr- uh, grounds us in the narrative element. Um, but gives us the hope for the fulfillment of it. Um, and that's why marriage is such a beautiful sacrament and sign uh, to the world, to say, no, <laughs> this isn't just a passing thing. This isn't just an episode with this person who I enjoy right now. This is, no, this is a journeying together to the fulfillment of a promise that's been made. Mm. And that's the, the pilgrim journey again. Yeah, no, I love it. I think... Uh yeah, I think you're spot on. That's interesting the, that you learned that in, in matrimony class. Um, but I do think it's fitting, right? Marriage itself is a journey as well. Uh, but it's not an episode of a journey. It's, it's the narration. It's the, yeah, the ongoing kind of journey mm-hmm. of our life. Now, I think about these things, and I probably sound like I'm way better at doing this than I really am. Sure. Um, a lot of this further research for me is because I'm so prone to episodic mentality. Um, by temperament, by cultural upbringing. Um, I kind of want just a new experience, a new experience. I want to, you know, pick up that hobby, try that thing, travel to this place. Um, I think the, you know, the Myers-Briggs personalities, right? Mm-hmm. So mine on the 16 personalities website, you get to the, um, to the uh, career section. Mm-hmm. And mine is like, can I be a, you know, a, a doctor who travels the world and is also a helicopter pilot or something? <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, that fits. Um, but I just want to experience new things and everything. And so it's a constant battle for me to rest in uh, a vocational call even, um, to be called into something, to remain, to abide. But that's the promise and, and the word that Christ speaks to me so regularly mm. from John, abide, abide in me as I in you. Um, and uh, so there's a, yeah, a connection there with the abiding. Um a story that I was thinking about from Rome, because uh-huh. um, I have this tendency to like I want to I want to control my my space, mm-hmm. um, and so it's like I want to go from thing to thing and control the thing that I'm in, and so I'm in Rome, and uh, I this was sophomore year of college, and I've been walking through some of the big basilicas. And I'm I wasn't super excited to go to Rome at the time. wasn't really into the big cities. I was way more excited to get to Assisi at the time. And uh, I'm kind of going in and out of the churches, just um, seeing them. They're beautiful. They're stunning. But I wasn't really entering into the moment. And I went and I prayed in one of the churches. I think it actually might have been St. Peter's. And kind of the word that came to my heart was, um, you're not a tourist, you're a pilgrim. Mm. And the idea of you're here to encounter Christ in the eternal city of Rome, but you're not here to just experience Rome. And that kind of changed how I 
went through the rest of the churches. And I went to the Eucharistic chapel of each church kind of to start the way before I'd explore the church and look at the beautiful paintings or frescoes or sculptures or whatever it may be, um, relics. And that kind of transformed the way I traveled through Rome and then even through Assisi, having the sense of being on pilgrimage and that pilgrim heart is ordered towards Christ. Um, fast forward to the end of the, this is my semester abroad uh, in college. By the end of the semester, I was like, I'm getting a little homesick. This isn't home, mm-hmm. you know? I've loved every moment of being in Austria and traveling Europe, but I'm a little homesick. I get home to Denver, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm still feeling homesick. Like, what's going on? I thought I was going to not feel homesick when I get home. So then I'm thinking to myself, oh, it's, I'm just waiting to get back to Steubenville, and I can, you know, that's where I've, my life is kind of settled, and I'll, I'll be... Um, I'll feel like I'm home. I'll have settled back in. I get back to Steubenville, and the first two, three weeks of Steubenville is just like, I still feel like homesick. I'm not resting here. I'm not satisfied here. And so I'm taking to this prayer, and I'm just like, what is going on? What's My heart is like looking for something, and I can't find it here. Couldn't find it there. Couldn't find it in Denver. And uh, we, my household, we had praise and worship um, nights, Wednesday nights, and went there and the, the song from our household is called Father We Stand, mm. but there's a line in it that says, there is no place I call my home, for it is you I seek, you alone. And it was about three weeks into that semester that it, it finally struck me. And it made that connection between Rome, when I had the word, like, you're a pilgrim, mm-hmm. seek me. And so I went to the Eucharistic chapel. And then I three weeks after I get back, you know, a couple months after that experience in Rome, and I'm looking for home. And I sing this song, there's no place on earth I call my home, it is you I seek, you alone. And it just kind of put it together. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And I was 19 years old, and I'm like, man, I've got it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm 31 years old, and I've sucked at that. I'm so bad at not trying to find home right now and remembering that I'm on pilgrimage, Mm. right? Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting because it makes me think of people who are like homebodies, and I don't necessarily think you are a homebody. I could be wrong there, but you're you're somebody who likes to go on adventures and like like you were just saying, like you're always looking for that next thing. That's just your personality. Um, but we're still connected to like a home, like a dwelling, and and yeah, it, 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 I think ultimately this makes me think of Augustine's line, Saint Augustine, right? Our hearts are restless until they rest in you, mm-hmm. and so you were seeking all those different things. Um, the beauty of Rome and then you come home and it's just like you catch up with all these friends and your family and you're doing all these sweet things. You probably went climbed a 14 or something. Who knows? It was winter. So I think I went skiing. Nice. <laughs> also fitting, right? You're, you're doing these awesome yeah. things and then uh, a hut trip or whatever. And then you go to Steubenville and it's just like, where, where am I? Like this doesn't still feel like home. And, it, and then that's really beautiful. It hits of like, Oh, I'm restless because my heart is not resting in the true homeland. Yeah which of course is heaven. So yeah, we're, we're pilgrims. And so if we're pilgrims, what do we do? How do we, how do we interact as pilgrims with life? How do we bring that into our day to day? Cause we just had a week of it. And I think each one of us can say, man, I, yeah, I wasn't living it the mm, next week. Right. Fully at least. So. I think that's the question, you know, um, can I give an analogy now? Please. Okay. I've talked for about 25 of the 27 minutes we've been recording. So That's go. debatable. 
uh, right. So, so as I was saying in marriage prep, that's the first question they ask, like, uh, what's the purpose of marriage, you know? And then it kind of goes into, uh, why do you guys want to get married? Why do you want to get married in the church, et cetera, et cetera. But I always give them this analogy when I ask them that question, I say, okay, imagine you're in a car. So you get in your car and the two of you go and you don't have a destination in mind. So you start driving east on, let's say, I-70. And you're just driving. You're just like, we want to take a vacation. We want to take a road trip. We have no idea where we want to go. This is probably something you would do, Jake. You'd be like, let's just get in the car and go for it. Got a camera, $22, and no plan. That sounds horrible, <laughs> but I could totally picture picture you doing that. Uh, for me, like I have every detail planned out. Like I'm such a planner. Um, so anyways, you get in the car, you're driving, and pretty soon... Uh, one of them uh, is going to say, well, I want to head north and go up to Chicago. And the other one says, well, I don't want to go to Chicago. I want to head south and go to Dallas or something. Uh, there's going to be a disagreement because you don't have a destination in mind. You need a destination. You need a destination in life. Um, right. And then so that's when I say, what's the destination and end goal of, of marriage? Mm-hmm. It's ultimately heaven. Uh, that's where you're going. Okay, so you're on this road trip. You decide you, you have your destination. Let's say you you say, all right, let's go to Chicago. We're gonna get in the car and we're gonna get, drive to Chicago. What do you need to get you there to Chicago? What what kind of car do you need, and what what needs to happen for you to get there? Well, I need a car that at least starts, has four wheels, <laughs> runs. I need enough money to keep filling up gas, and uh, that's about it. Right. So good, good working car, good working vehicle, maintenance along the way, et cetera. And then, so of course the analogy continues. I asked them like, well, what do you, what do you think you need uh, for a good working car, a good working relationship in order to get you to that uh, goal of heaven? Right. And they always look at me, they're just like, um, communication. (laughs) (laughs) No, you need to change your oil. Right. Um, (laughs) You need to make sure the tire pressure is good. Right. Exactly. (laughs) General maintenance. It matters. General maintenance. Um, Yeah, exactly. So what what kind of things do we need in order to get to our goal, our destination of heaven as pilgrims? Uh, For for the analogy for marriage, I always say it's virtue. And then so I explain what virtue is and I make some jokes and whatever, uh, make fun of them because they usually went to Catholic school, but they don't know what a virtue is, you know, et cetera. and then you kind of talk about like, if you want a good relationship, fun- good, well-functioning relationship in order to get you to your goal, you have to have virtues. So to answer your question, Jacob, like how do we live pilgrimage on this life? I think two things. One, we need to make sure we have that destination constantly in the back of our mind. And I think ultimately that's through prayer, through relationship with Christ. Is our mind lifted towards God daily day in and day out, multiple times a day. When I'm frustrated, I reach into my pocket, I grab my rosary beads and I say, Mary, help me. I'm getting so focused on the things of this world, help my mind and my heart to transcend once again back to the the heavenly things. Mm -hmm. So have your mind in the right place. And then secondly, in order to get to that destination, uh, we need to have virtues. If I'm not praying, if I can't even get up on time to pray, then I'm not even gonna have my mind set upon the heavenly things. if I don't, if I don't have temperance, if I can't control how much I drink or eat, then I'm going to get distracted by the the things of this world. If I don't have the prudence to say, uh, with money, um, or or to live a certain poverty, then I'm going to get focused again on this world as opposed to uh, to transcendent things. So, 
anyways, just to, to put that again very clearly, the two things I think we need to recognize our life as pilgrims is first and foremost to keep our mind fixed on God, and two, we need virtues in order to do that. Yeah, I'm thinking also, um, back to last week, you and Father Chris and Father Matt and Father John did a lot of work to facilitate the way, um, to make it travelable, mm. uh, to support it, to have it planned, to have the destinations and an itinerary for each day. And I'm thinking every evening uh, before the next day, we would go over what the next day was going to be. So even here, we know our we know our end goal is the shrine, but second day, you know, we've got to look at here's the proximate or the um, you know the media uh, middle goal. Um, intermediate is the word I was looking for. Um, and so that was Father Matt or you saying, all right, so we're going to start at this time in the morning mm-hmm. and we're going to walk seven miles and then we're going to have our first break and then we're going to walk four miles and have lunch and then and we've got a plan, and we've, but we've addressed it. So in the morning, we wake up and it's like, all right, well, yep, that's the plan and then I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of like the daily examine of, you know, St. Ignatius teaches or um, just the general practice of, of keeping, you know, keeping that end in mind. And then what are my steps today to move closer to it? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not getting to the shrine today, but what am I doing today to get closer? And I think that's a, a beautiful lesson from the pilgrimage. Um, but also that you need help facilitating it, right? It's mm-hmm. not just you alone. It's a group and there's, you know, as a priest, you're helping facilitate your flock's pilgrim journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're doing that, you know, maybe with the Sunday waypoint, you know? Um, yeah, I love that. We need waypoints and uh, to have those things in our life to remind us, oh yeah, I'm on pilgrimage. Um, I can't get so focused on the things of this world. My heart needs to transcend to those those heavenly realities. Um, so, so that's why we need brothers, right? Yeah. We need friends. We need community to help us live that reality. Yeah. I think, um, why go on pilgrimage then? You know, it's not, the North American Martyrs Shrine is not our end. Um, why Why do we go on pilgrimage? Uh, have you have you done any other pilgrimages than that one? Do you want me to answer this? Yeah. Is this a question? Or? This is not rhetorical. This is a Sean question. Oh, Two questions. Man. Have you done more pilgrimages than just that one? Um, like what's been your most memorable one? And mm. then why do we why do we do this? Why do we continue to go on pilgrimage when that's not the end? Yeah, I think those are great questions. Um, have I been in other pilgrimages? Yes. Uh, I've been to the Holy Land before. Um, that was a very specific pilgrimage in the sense of like um flying in flying out uh set schedule set time with the same people that was a crew from um the seminary there was a bunch of kind of seminarians and and priests who went with us uh, a few years back that was a great trip i mean it's hard to to say that anything is really better than the holy land in certain ways Uh, however i think my favorite pilgrimage i've ever went on was um for those who have listened, been listening to the podcast for a long time, you've heard of this, but the pilgrimage to beauty to Switzerland that we did, uh, 10 years ago, nine years ago, uh, in 2013. Right. So father John was kind of the mastermind behind that. Uh, but it was, it was a different type of pilgrimage because it wasn't a pilgrimage to a place. Most pilgrimages are to a place. We went to the North American martyr shrine. You go to Rome, you go to the Holy land. Um, a lot of people go to Chimayo. I've been there. 
um, to the holy dirt that's down in Santa Fe um, or Chimayo, New Mexico, north of Santa Fe, uh, you go to a destination. But we took a pilgrimage to beauty in order to experience a transcendental of beauty. The most fitting place to go, arguably, would be the most beautiful place in the world, which is Switzerland. Um, to the mountains, to the beauty of that, and to be able to encounter the beautiful there, the creator through his creation. Uh, why go on pilgrimage? I think in order to go, like when we go on pilgrimage, it takes our mind off of the things of this world and gets us out of our bubble, gets us out of our routine. As you were saying, Jacob, like you were so busy leading up to the pilgrimage, Monday morning you get on a plane and then the next day you're walking. And for me, it took me probably a day and a half to finally get into the rhythm of walking. And we only walk three days. It took me 50% of the time to get into the rhythm of it because we get so busy. It's the same uh, argument for a retreat to go away in order to recollect, recollect yourselves and in order to kind of reflect on, okay, God, what are you doing in my life? Where's my heart? Where are my priorities? Where am I focusing on um, maybe too much? Where am I failing to focus on you and to reprioritize where is my destination? Do I still have as my end goal heaven? And so to take a mini pilgrimage, it becomes kind of a, a, a microcosm of, of life and to say, I'm going to this destination. So that's the first thing as a microcosm. The second thing, pilgrimage in order to venerate, in order to grow closer to someone, something, or ultimately Christ. The reason why anyone, there's three traditional reasons why anyone would take a pilgrimage to Rome. One, to venerate uh, the tombs of Peter and Paul, uh, which you go there and you can venerate both their uh, tombs and where we think their bones are. Secondly, to see the face of the Pope, right? Because up until probably 1920, 1930, the only image you had of a, of a Pope was a painting that someone maybe had printed in a newspaper. But even before that, you didn't know who the Pope was, right? Yeah. Unless you had a painting that traveled around the world. Uh, and then the third reason was to see the, the napkin cloth that was touched to Jesus's face on the way. I can't think of the name for that right now, but that's also in Rome. So those are the three traditional reasons to go to Rome to make a pilgrimage, ultimately to grow closer to God. Yeah, I like the um, the microcosm of the journey, the the reminder of it, and I think um, the spirit of pilgrimage is to to make an act of piety, an act of reverence, religion, um, to go reverence a holy site where a saint walked or where Christ was. Um, to kind of remember in the grand narrative that one, I'm not the center of the story. Others are journeying with me and ahead of me with the saints, especially to the sites of holy saints. It's a reminder of, you know, others have walked this path before. Mm. Um, And then to the holy sites of Christ, that Christ has come, did promise and is faithful to his promises. And so we can continue to have the hope because of what he has done, he will fulfill what he says he will continue to do. Um, so there's there's just that spirit of piety and reverence that goes with it, but the microcosm is um, is a tool. It's training. It's um, you know it's, we did training hikes for the pilgrimage. Mm. It's like this pilgrimage is a training hike for our life, mm. which is pilgrimage. And um, I think of my uncle Kevin Schmiesing, uh, uncle by marriage. He married my mom's sister, and 
he's a historian, Catholic historian, and he just wrote a book called, oh no, I'm going to, he's going to get me for this, A Catholic Pilgrimage Through History. Um, I think there's a first title to it. And uh, not just A Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History. Mm. Um, But he talks about how his mom, whenever they would go somewhere, a family vacation, she would always find religious sites along the way to make every trip that they made into a pilgrimage. And so that kind of started his habit of pilgrimage. Um, And then as a historian, he's very interested in Catholic history in the United States. And so he wrote this book about the site so that we can um, kind of have a guide that facilitates us uh, to go to these sites. Um, So it's across the U.S. and he tells the historical, um, you know, uh, story around the site and what happened and kind of how it's situated in, within American and Catholic history and the broader picture. Um, so it's a, it's a fun read. It's not too super challenging, but it kind of can help you get into that spirit and to know that like, yeah, we're a young country, but we still have those There's who have tons. walked yeah. before us. Right. Um, and, but I love that what he presents that his mother taught and he's trying to do with, you know, my cousins and uh, my aunt, they, they, go on pilgrimage to these sites. And so we can make a habit of, of pilgrimage throughout our life, whenever we go, whenever we travel. I think, you know, Cabrini, where you grew up, mm-hmm. um, would do a, a walking pilgrimage during Lent to yeah. the Francis Cabrini Shrine. The Camino de Colorado. Yeah. You know, whatever, 12 miles. <laughs> um, walk the day to the shrine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, that's probably transformative for youth to just remember this is a this is a thing we do and it reminds us who we are. Right. Um, so that's what I got. Yeah. No, I think that's spot on, and I think uh, there. You're right. There are many places in the U.S. Uh, the last thing maybe to say to this is in America, right, which is primarily a Protestant country. At least it was founded upon Protestantism. Uh, we tend not to like, Protestants tend not to like the body as much, right? Um, and so it's just a good reminder that we're corporeal beings. We have both a body and a soul. Uh, we're freaked out oftentimes by the body in America. <laughs> so for instance, the, the obvious thing would be relics. Mm-hmm. We don't venerate relics very well in America. But when you travel to Europe and you see these huge reliquaries of saints' bones inside um, churches and you can go and, and venerate them. There's a beauty to that to say this man was so holy that uh, we spread his body. We should probably do a, a podcast on relics because I, um, I think it's really <laughs> fascinating. But uh, we spread his bones throughout the world in order for us to then venerate this person and ask for his prayers, her prayers. Uh, some saints are incorrupt because of the holiness that they lived, the gift that God gives to them in that. Um, And so in America, we don't necessarily have a good, strong understanding of going and making pilgrimage, going to a holy site, but we do it because our body matters. And when we suffer in the body, when we were walking those 60 miles, it was painful, right? Guys Mm -hmm. got blisters. I was getting some pain in my right um, foot. I think it's some sort of, um, uh, what do you call that? Plantar fasciitis. Yes, thank you. I think it was plantar fasciitis because like, this morning I was still feeling it a little bit, but it's finally starting to, to kind of be done. 
but you get pain, you get hurt and the body feels it. And then it makes when you get to that destination all the more sweeter because you've suffered, you've done hard things as opposed to just like driving and going (laughs) to the place, but to actually make pilgrimage, the body matters. And then when we go and we get there, it has a deeper impact on our soul, our body and soul. So I think making the effort in our bodies to go and do something radical, to go and do a pilgrimage of some sort is totally worth it. And so if you've never been on pilgrimage, look some up, start with those close to you. Um, Mother Karini Shrine, as you were saying, Jake, is very close to us. Uh, There's places around the country. I'm sure if you Googled it, in fact, I have a book, I can't remember what it's called, but it's something like Catholic Places in America, mm-hmm. um, something as simple as that. And it just goes through a list of different shrines and whatnot. And each state is filled with with so many different beautiful Catholic riches in our country. Uh, if you're able to afford it, go to the Holy Land, go to Europe, go to Rome, go to see these beautiful churches and cathedrals that yeah. Christendom built. But remember, it's not, it's not the end. It's, it's not, not an end, end itself, and it's not just something to um, have consumed to say you've done. Mm-hmm. It's, it should transform you. And um, I don't know if I've shared this on this podcast. I think I shared it on the Sons of Ours Seminary podcast, but um, there was a moment. I mean, I traveled a lot uh, after college, or really after I studied abroad until I entered seminary. Um, just loved going to new places. Episodic, mm-hmm. the new, the experiential, you know, load. Um, and I was in, it was shortly before I applied for seminary, I got to Iceland, and it's the winter in Iceland. And I've been wanting to go to Iceland for about two and a half years at that point. So, you know, bucket list, here we come, check it off, dreams come true. I'm sitting in Iceland, and, you know, I go to one of the hot springs, and that's kind of cool. I take a bus out with a bunch of people I don't know to see this northern lights. That's super cool. Got a picture of myself with, like, the northern lights over my head. All right, I like it. You know, um, I was staying at this like tiny little room off of somebody's house, Airbnb, and I'm with none of my friends, none of my family. I'm at this location that I went to because it's like, I want to have gone there. I want to have told stories about when I was in Iceland. Mm. Um, that was probably the loneliest I've experienced myself in Mm. maybe my life. But at that point it was like, man, I'm just, I'm alone. And I don't know why I wanted to come here because it was just, that was the end. Mm. Having another story to tell for the gram of, <laughs> of where I went. Yeah, seriously. At the time I was still Instagramming, so it probably was for the gram. Um, it was like, that was the end. And that was so unsatisfying. But to have it be a waypoint, uh, a, a beautiful place to, to reverence the, the saints that went before us, the holy sites um, on our way. Love it. I know I already said last thing, but last thing. And then I'm going to have two more last things after that last thing. <laughs> when you when you go and make a pilgrimage, don't don't do it for the gram. <laughs> uh, leave your phone in the car. Maybe maybe take a picture at the very end, but soak it in, you know, pray there. Um take it in. Pray some Hail Marys, pray uh, express your heart to the Lord. Ask for graces. Whenever you go on pilgrimage, ask for graces. Um but we get so focused on taking photos all the time and it's disgusting, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, soak in, soak in the beauty, soak in what uh, the graces that God wants to pour out to you. Yeah. Confession. I was taking photos on ours 
to, to archive for the, the companions. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think but there's an appropriateness no, there's, there's of good, taking photos. Good, you know what not, I'm saying. Yeah, it's not, it's not the end, right? It's not to, to show somebody what you've done, but to mm-hmm. experience something that leads you further down, down the true pilgrim journey. And I think, um, and things is just the, the little things that happen during the pilgrimage on the way, the, the people you end up talking to, the things you end up seeing. There was, um, two, we, we were hiking through upstate New York, right? And, it's a forest, but it's also a neighborhood, but you can't really see most of the houses because they're the trees are trees. huge. Yeah. So you feel like you're fairly secluded, but you're also walking on these really well-paved roads. It's just kind of strange coming from Colorado. But at one point we're walking through and along the side of the road, there's these two chairs <laughs> and I'm back there with father Nathan Goble and father Jason. Warch. Chairs. They were sofas. They were like sofa chairs. I mean, they're individual chairs, but like cushion chair. This isn't like, yeah, not lawn chairs. This is like living room furniture that somebody was getting rid of right. and had out on the side of the road. And I just see him like, oh, guys, we got to go sit in those. <laughs> so me and Father Jason sit down and we're you know, chatting. And then, of course, we took a photo of it for posterity. Um, so mea culpa. But I mean, that, that experience with them to like say even, even the end of getting to the end of this segment or these miles isn't the end. The end is the encounters on the way, the, the uh, journey with the brothers, the conversation to be able to, you know, remember being a little silly and saying, Hey, let's just go sit mm-hmm. in those chairs. Who knows? You know? Um, but then the conversations we had uh, as we went and the, from, from the kind of superficial, how are you doing? Making jokes to the really intense kind of theological to the like really serious, like um, personal sharing that mm-hmm. would go on. Um, that's what was transformative along the way. And then you get to the site and then the site's like, Oh wow, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And you can enter into prayer and pray with the saints and pray with, you know, there, particularly the North American martyrs. Amen. So what's your third last thing? Cause that was my second last thing. <laughs> you <must laughs> No, no, I, I got nothing more. Um, we can wrap it up. I don't know. You got any shout outs? Um, maybe two, one to Archbishop. Thank you for listening. I don't know if you listen to every episode, but you're always welcome to listen to every episode yeah. if you'd like. <laughs> Um, and then Except I get, for episode 107. I think that one, <laughs> ignore. I don't even know what that one is. I'm going to go look for that. Yeah, you should. That's <laughs> funny. Um, and then shout out to the Saltarellis again. It was just great to be with you guys. Um, we uh, I went with Jesse to, he started like this this men's group. He calls it Buffalo Creative um, because it's a, it's a bunch of uh, men, Catholic men, good Catholic men who are artists or um kind of creators if you will so not necessarily artists but like one does woodwork one does leatherwork one does um photography uh they're creating different things and they want to do it in a catholic way uh which i thought was really inspiring so shout out to them i think it's beautiful when men want to use not just men but people want to use the gifts that god has given them for his glory and they're trying to do it in a way that brings uh glory to god and evangelization but they're doing it ultimately through the beauty of the gifts that God has given them, um, which I know you can relate to, Jacob, because you're you're a phenomenal photographer and videographer. So I'm just going to receive that. Usually, I would reject the compliment, but I'm just going to receive it. Receive it. Thank you, you. are. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to shout out uh, first friend Pat Gunning from college. We did a, a kind of pilgrimage on our 10-day break that same um, semester abroad. We went to. Lords first, and then uh, up into northern Spain to do a pilgrimage to Ignatian sites. So St. Ignatius, we went to Loyola, uh, the house where he was born, 
uh, the room where he stayed mm. after he, he was wounded by the cannonball, where he had his conversion. And then we kind of went down through uh, Manresa, which is outside of Barcelona, um, where he lived and worked uh, and wrote most of the exercises in La Cova. And then up to Montserrat, which was the monastery where um, he finally kind of made his full gift. He'd already converted, but he kind of gave him his full self when he took his sword off and laid at the foot of the statue of Our Lady and said, you know, I have served kind of the worldly powers as a, as a soldier, as a knight, uh, but now I will be at your service as my lady, as my queen, um, for the glory of your son. And so this beautiful kind of pilgrimage with him. Um, day two or three of the pilgrimage, I uh, had taken my little, I had like a little point-and-shoot camera out on a bench, set it there while we were eating lunch, forgot to grab it and put it back in my bag. We walked maybe five minutes, and I realized I didn't have it, and we ran back, and it was gone. Oh, uh, no. And so I'm like, no. Like, it was my older brother's camera, so one, already, like, <laughs> crushed about that. Two, didn't have anything to take photos with. So probably a good thing for me in the long run, as per your points. Um, but then I was just kind of bummed about it. And God bless Pat, uh, because he just said, you know, he's, he's like trying to get me to right. Snap still, out of still it. go. And, and at one point he told me, you know, a couple weeks later, he's like, yeah, I thought the rest of the 10 days was just going to be terrible because you were not fun at all. And it was only you because it was just the two of us together. But he finally, you know, we, we went over to the beach and, uh, and, kind of hashed out some of the stuff that had been going on between us as friends, um, resentments and whatever. And because of that space and time, we were able to just go in into the rest of the days in total gift. Like everything else was just such a joy. And we ran over, there's like a carousel on the beach and we jumped on that and rode that. It was like us and like two other people um, <laughs> riding a carousel on the beach. And it's the, the things on the way, uh, but it's the transformation of friendship of the heart. So... Sorry, that's my last story uh, of pilgrimage. Great. But that was Pat Gunning. Pat Gunning came to mind uh, because of that, so I want to shout that out. And then shout out my uncle uh, Kevin Schmiesing. Like I said, his book, um, "A Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History," um, for pilgrimage sites in the U.S. Check it out. Uh, he also has Catholic History Trek podcast. Awesome. Um, I've only listened to a couple, so I'm not giving it a like total total stamp of approval but uh i do love my uncle and uh, he's a great historian so uh, great if you're looking for info kevin schmusing that's, that's a right. shout out and a promotion awesome i felt like father i felt like i did a father mike like hand signal with that one nobody that's else okay. can see it but i can see it it's great <laughs> well thanks jacob you should go take a nap i should you close us out i can't remember the email <laughs> catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com uh feel free to email comment I don't know. Send positive feedback, negative feedback, questions, wherever you'd like. Father Tim Danaher will take care of it. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.